Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have this man on. He won four premierships with the Hawks. He was a long-time coach of Sydney, the Western Bulldogs, the Gold Coast Suns as well. Came oh so close to a premiership in 1996, but he's still one of the most widely respected coaches that has uh, tried their hand at the caper. So I was rapt to know that he'd be able to come on and have a chat to us about some finals footy. Rocketed, hello to you. Samuel, how are you, mate? Oh, right. Samuel, now Rocket. I only get called Samuel. One? I only, I only get Samuel if I'm in trouble. So I'm, I'm worried about what's coming next. Your mum and dad call you that when you've yes. done something wrong. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So I've heard it a lot uh, over the journey. Um, <laughs> Hey, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, it's good to be able to talk some footy. I suppose I need to do this to tick a box because there'd be people that, and, and we'd all be interested in to know your thoughts. We'll get it out of the way off the bat and then we'll get into some footy. Toby Green, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, oh, it's not a tough one. It's unfortunate. He just, he just crossed over the line. Um, I, don't, I don't think it was intentional, but I think it was... No, sorry, I don't think it was aggressive. Um, I think uh, the tribe would have got that wrong. But I, I would have, I was hoping he'd get off. <laughs> I knew he wouldn't. But I thought four weeks was about. Some people call him for six and eight weeks. I, I thought that was a bit, bit excessive. So three weeks is probably a good, good fit. Um, interesting that I think the main thing about it is the message it sends to lower leagues and to umpires and junior level and that sort of thing. And interesting that a couple of VAFA umpires thought it was about right. So it, it was with that message. So, yeah, I think it's about right. Probably four weeks was probably about where I sort of fit. And oh, let's not hang him. I know he's pushed him. Like the, uh, the Giants, I'd be disappointed. He's trod that line a bit too many times in finals and in big games by missing. So I think that they're the ones going to miss out. And he, he's certainly going to lose by it as well. If you were in Leon's ca- Leon Cameron's shoes at the moment, Rocket, what do you think your maybe not your initial response because I can only imagine, but what would you what would you want to say to Toby um, when all this dust settles with this? Well, I think those conversations are probably already being had because he's he's missed some big games and he's he's done some silly things over over the time over the journey, and um, I would have thought those conversations would have been had. It seems like no matter what you say to him, it, it just when something clicks in and um, uh, the game's on the line, especially in big games, that he, he, he's he got that competitive edge that does cross the line. And um, I think he probably needs... No, no they probably put an arm around him, but I think he probably needs to be told, mate, you're actually hurting your own image, but you're really hurting the, the team and the club. Mm. You know, we're in a finals campaign and uh, it's just... It's just crazy what he did. I mean, he, he, that, that he could have avoided the umpire. He could have, if he wanted to have a conversation, he could have just stood that extra, you know, he could have stood a metre away and had a chat. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, certainly from a coaching point of view, you'd be very disappointed.
Does anyone spring to mind from your coaching days, Rocket, where they were out and out the most important player to your team but sometimes couldn't get out of their own way and it was to the detriment of the overall greater good uh, of the team? Uh, you love them, you, you love what they brought to the table, but did you ever have to sit someone down and say something similar? Um, well, I coached Plugger and yes. I coached... Uh, that was Barry who Ball. I was sort of <laughs> leaning yeah. to. Tony... In my time, because I coached Tony when he was 29, was my first year. Yep. Tony was aggressive, um, as we know, in what he's done. I don't think he might have been suspended once, I think. Um, in those days, it was probably a bit more lenient, as in the tribunal as well. Um, there was probably a time you'd have a chat to him, but he didn't really cross over too much. Um, it wasn't too bad, uh, to be honest. Barry uh, probably only coached Barry for half a year in Sydney then got him to the Bulldogs. And there was one game at the Bulldogs where I thought he was losing. It was a day we played North Melbourne and he uh, I yep. think it was Scott Thompson and he had him yes. in that headlock. And I said to the runner, get him off, just get him off. And I'm, I'm actually abusing the runner. Will you just get him off? Like, <laughs> as if he's going to say something to Barry, he's going to get no, him off. Um, if I was the runner, Rocket, yeah. I might have gone, you bloody go and get him off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Barry, you're doing a really good job, mate. Keep it going. Um, and I got in at half time, and you know, his seam was coming out of his ears, mm. but he was quite calm with it, actually. And I, I said to him, you know, just had to get you off. He said, he said if I was going to lose it, he said it would have already been done by the time you'd sent the runner out. So he yep. said I was in control. And I said, okay, no worries. That's Fair fine. Enough. I'll take it on board for it. So, so it was fine. Hey, Rocket, let's talk some finals footy. Uh, an arena you know very well. Um, what were your major takeaways from week one? Um, major one that, for me, was the positive of Melbourne. Mm. Um, I think uh, they played really well. I think going forward, though, they're going to have harder games than what Brisbane produced for them. Um, so I think they're in pretty good stead. Uh, I The history of Melbourne, the last... 50 years, uh, 57 years, is maybe get comfortable. I don't see that in this group. Yep. Um, so hopefully they know that the stakes are going to increase each week and the competition's going to get harder each game. So, But I think they've got a good balance in their team. The midfields are really good. So really good. Everyone talks about their defence, but they've got a good balance in attack as well. Tom McDonald didn't do a lot, uh, and Brown's a different player, but I think they complement each other. They give them that bit of height. Uh, McDonough gives them a contest in the air that allows Bailey Fritch to play his way. Um, Times when they were not... Uh, they lost a game or two and they played the bottom side and just got over. Bailey Fritch was his as a forward. Um, so I think uh, I think they've got a pretty good balance and uh, everyone's nearly available. I think Hunt comes available next game, so I think they're in pretty good stead. Um, I think the Giants showed people talk about uh, handouts they've had and draft picks, but they've lost a lot of talent mm. and they've got a lot of no-names playing at the moment. I think Leon's done a terrific job with what they've able to... I, I don't know if they can win this week, but I think uh, I think really um, the future looks good for the Giants. I think, I think they've done an exceptional job. Um, Geelong were disappointing again, um, but they'll bounce back. They'll probably win this week. Um, they're probably the major takes out of the, out of so, the finals. Rocket, I want to... Uh, the, the, the main question I'm going to get to you is who's playing the Premiership brand and to you, what does a Premiership brand look like? I'm going to get to that in a minute, but you brought up Geelong and, and I spent a lot of time on Geelong 
last night and I rambled through certain analogies about strict parenting, about strict and rigid parenting, and I brought up the Von Trapps in Sound of Music, I brought up the family in Mary Poppins, and sometimes it just needs... You've got every best intention as a parent. You're raising them well, but you're very strict, you're very rigid, and the kids are miserable. Along comes Julie Andrews with a song and a spoonful of sugar and let's go fly a kite, and all your learnings and all your discipline's still there, but just allowing them just a, a, just a touch of freedom to go and have some fun, to laugh and smile, to enjoy themselves, and express themselves makes a massive difference, those movies taught us. Is there a learning for that for Chris Scott? Is the game plan to you just too rigid, too strict? Uh, yeah, I think the answer is yes. I think they had it early in the year and they struggled and then uh, they released their shackles a little bit. They played a bit more expansive footy and then once they started to win games, uh, it sort of corralled that a bit. More. The mm-hmm. best example I have is the West Coast Eagles, who have got enormous talent. And when they're down, they, except for those couple of buildings they have, they generally unleash the shackles. The best example is against Melbourne at that time when, when the lightning was on. Six goals down, come back out, and they just peppered the goals and kicked five goals or whatever they did. But generally they play around the boundary, um, play safe, and I don't think playing safe is going to win your finals football. You need to be hard and aggressive, need to be contest work. You need to defend well, but I think you need to be able to try and score. And I thought Port at the weekend changed their style a little bit. They were a bit mm. more... And once turnover happened, they got the ball and they ran with it. They, yep. they played quickly and caught Geelong's defence out. So I think you need to have two... I call them modes of transport, but you need to have two or three modes of transport uh, with your game plan. And I think Geelong, once they were behind, couldn't go into that other mode of transport of getting the ball quickly, go down the corridor, take the game on. Um, they got stuck in the same way. So um, I don't think it's a major tweak. I think it's just a bit of a mindset and say, OK, this served us well, we'll do that. But if it gets closed up, we need to actually go to plan B. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? And this is not a Chris Scott crack because his home and away record is peerless, 72%. Uh, the home and away wins, but it drops to 39% his winning percentage in finals. And you mentioned just a, a little tweak, and I, and I sort of spoke last night about this might be with the, the list that they've got and its age profile and everything like that, and they're a bit banged up. This could be the last three games if they were able to make a grand final. This could be the last three games that, that this group has to, to claim what they've been searching for um, for so long now. And I sort of asked the question last night, how do you want to... How do you want to win or how do you want to lose? Do you want to stay behind the barricades and, uh, and bunker in, um, defend when you've got the ball, just lob boulders over for the oncoming armies, rain down arrows and pitch and oil? Or do you want to open the doors, ride out and meet it head on and take the, take the game on and take the fight on? And win, lose or draw, you'd say, well, we, we fought that fight as opposed to we tried to not lose. Is that is it that too simplistic, or is that the tweak that you sort of make? Is it a mental adjustment? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I, before this season, I've said there's been a lot of... I think it's the game has been coach-controlled, and they've tried to change rules now, and they're still... Well, they, 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 I mean, what rules they have, they've, they've got to think about what the coaches do. And generally, the coaches, I think your point is a really good point, most of them would rather save a goal rather than score a goal. Mm. And it's uh, the scoring at the start of the year, an example, was, was quite good. Then it closed up and we had low-scoring games because the coaches control. They didn't want... They made mistakes. Uh, the teams made mistakes and errors and cost goals. And they go, oh, no, we, we want to stop that. But by well, being expansive, they're called expansive, that you may, you may score three and 
cost up too, but you're one goal in front of the ledger. But they, they coaches tend to look at that, about the defensive side of it. Um, so it's an interesting point. I, I think, um, I suppose the old SAS thing, he's got to dare to win, don't you? So I think Port, to me, on uh, Friday night, dare to win. They they back themselves. If your contest work is right, you compete hard, and you still defend. You've got to defend. And I suppose the best way I can explain, I reckon the game in the mid-2000s was 90% defence, you know, Sydney and West Coast, and 10% attack. Then it's, the dial changed a bit. It was certainly before that was more attack. Then it became 60 70% defence, the rest attack, and I think it's been like that. I reckon now... To win, it's got to be 50-50. I reckon there's a, got to be an even balance either side of the ball. And I reckon coaches have been more defensive, but I reckon if you're just totally defensive, all teams defend really well. So if you just want to defend and you don't want to score or you only want to score on turnover, as in try to cause it, you, 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 I don't think you'll score enough. And um, so that probably answers your question the long way around. But... No, it does because it, as you because it, it seems like Geelong stick to what they've done through the season. When other teams go, we're going to raise it up a level now. We're going to we're going to amp it up, and it's sort of whilst they, whilst you've you haven't been able to match what Geelong have done during the year. When it comes to finals, teams are able to overwhelm it um, because they because it is that extra intensity that you'd know from finals. So it makes it does make perfect sense. The um the, the when it comes to premiership brands, so what does that look like and um, who would you stamp at the moment? So whose teams are the ones that left when you see them at their very best? Who would you stamp with, that's the premiership winning brand of footy? That's a that's a brand that wins. Oh, I think I think Melbourne. Um, there's, the game hasn't changed. You know, it's become more complicated. The game hasn't changed a lot. Alan Jones would say there's three phases of the ball. There's different language you use, but they've got it, we've got it, it's in dispute. But it's, uh, it's either winning the ball Doing something with it when you've got it, so you just you know your efficiency with the footy, your game plan of that, and be able to pressurise or get the ball back. And I reckon you've got to be really good in two of those. Hawthorne, when they won their flags, were very poor, as in bottom four in the competition for contested ball. Mm. So people say contested ball was the be all and end all. Well, it's not. It's a vital stat, but it's not the only thing. It's got to be coupled with something. They were the best pressure team, and they were the best kicking side. So. But I think to win it, you've got to be at least match the opposition in contested ball. Probably win it. And you mentioned before the pressure and intensity and the urgency. What it is, the urgency of players because they're playing for something mm. more, they're more tangible, goes up. So you've got 18 players consistently making a real fist of it, unless the team drops away, obviously, on the scoreboard. Um, I reckon if that and your pressure has got to be up. How you use the ball will be um, generally uh, maintained, I suppose, or corralled by how the opposition put pressure on you. You, know, you haven't got as much time to get rid of it. It's a bit more difficult. If you want a bigger measured game like Geelong, the Port changed their game and they came forward a lot more, so there wasn't the options. Everyone was a bit more urgent to block that short pass, so they had nowhere to go. They had to go along down the line. So I think if you get your contest right and you're manic in that area, and you keep your defensive structure well, but you put pressure on the ball carrier. So it's got to be the manic pressure. Now, they have that pressure rating, so it's got to be a minimum 180 of a quarter. 
probably up towards 200. If you can do that, you'll get enough licks of the ice cream and the bull will come back to you and you're, in, and you're a chance to get it going. Uh, I love it. And I love modes of transport. I've put a circle around that. I started with Sound of Music, Mary Poppins, went to Game of Thrones, and then you've rounded it out with planes, trains and automobiles, John Candy, Steve Martin. I like this. Hey, just your tips for the weekend. What are you expecting? Cats, giants, lions, dogs? I'd love the Giants to win. Um, I think they've been fantastic. I know they beat Geelong at Geelong uh, undermanned and Toby Green didn't play um, and Tom Stewart did. But I think I just think it's a, maybe just a bridge too far. I think the Cats will rebound. It's marvellous how to teams this year, and I'm talking week to week, how they rebound when they get criticised by the media. Uh, as soon as the media turns on a team, that's their criticism, and they bounce back. So they don't get criticised internally, they get criticised externally. And I think Geelong have been criticised externally, I think they'll bounce back and win. Um, I think I think the, the Dogs will win, uh, beat Brisbane, even though it's Brisbane's home game, and Brisbane's preparation will be a lot uh, more consistent and what they're used to going, the home bed, where the Dogs have had to stay in Launceston, and then they've fly to Brisbane and have to stay in the hotel rooms and, and can't get out. And so it's going to be tough on them. It's going to be tough preparation. And I don't think people understand that. That is really tough for the dogs. But I still think they can win. I think, uh, you know, they've got a tough road to go to, to win a grand final where they've got to play. But I think they can, especially with McStay out there, not going to expose uh, the dogs' lack of height down back. Um, and I think it might be a sluggish start for the dogs, but I think they can, I think they can get up. Hey, Rocket, it's been great chatting to you, mate. Uh, thank you so much. You're always so generous with your time, and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Samuel. Nice to talk to you, mate. <laughs> all the best. You too, Rodney. All the best. <laughs> Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.